Welcome back to the Gains for Girls podcast, where we are advocating for girls. And today we are advocating for the freedom of speech. Um, my next guest, her name is Olivia Krolchek. She is incredible. Not only is she beautiful and articulate, she's fighting for something that grown men can even find themselves fighting for. Um, and here is my interview with Olivia. Hello, Olivia. I am so, so excited to have you on. I have been wanting to talk to you face-to-face for a long time. I know we were both at the YWLS conference together, but we missed each other. And so I have been dying to have this conversation. Um, So just really thank you so much for coming on the Gains for Girls podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor to be talking to you right now. It's awesome. (laughs) Well, first and foremost, I just want to say what an inspiration to me you have been. Um, you were presented with a situation that you could have never prepared for. This is not something you ever wanted. Um, but the way you have handled it, the way you have responded and really the way you have, have ultimately rolled your sleeves up and said enough is enough is really powerful and extremely admirable. And so I kind of just wanted to start with that. If you could tell us a little bit about you, um, where you're from and ultimately what led you to sticking up for what you're sticking up for. Of course. Yeah. So I'm actually originally from the Chicagoland area, but I decided to attend University of Cincinnati once my family moved here for my dad's job. And I'm a chemistry major. I'm 20 years old at UC. And I decided to take this women's gender studies course this summer. I'm actually enrolled in about 34 credit hours a summer because I'm on track to graduate a year and a half early with my chemistry degree. So the whole situation has been extremely stressful because I was already taking a year's worth of credits in a couple months. So it's definitely been a lot of work. Oh my gosh, 34 hours. That is more than I have ever (laughs) heard anyone take. And so it was a gender women's study course. Um, Was this for an elective? I imagine you don't need this for your chemistry major unless, hey, they might be adding this into the curriculum for chemistry nowadays. Actually, I probably wouldn't put it past them. But was this just an elective course? Did you choose to take this to kind of broaden your horizon, your understanding of what this meant? So this satisfied two different requirements for me. Uh, obviously, I wouldn't take the class if I didn't want to. But um, it satisfied the free elective courses that you have to take to reach 120 credits to graduate in college. So I needed a lot of courses for that. So I decided to take it for that reason. And then also, we have diversity, equity, and inclusion requirements, DEI. Most colleges have those. So you have to take certain categories of classes. Uh, so this satisfied one of them. And so it was just like a good combination to knock both of those out at the same time. Gotcha. Okay, so you take the course. Tell us about what led you to be in the position you're in. Uh, my understanding is you had to write an essay. Um, can you tell us about the topic of the essay and how your teacher responded upon turning in your assignment? Yeah, of course. I'll go back even farther than that. The project was about feminism and the whole class was pretty much about feminism. I mean, it's a women's gender studies course. So you expect my teacher to know what a woman is. But anyway, so the project was about feminism and I chose to write about the history of rights and opportunities that women have had in athletics. And I actually talked about your story because you've been an inspiration to me and so many people out there. And I think what has happened to you is just like indescribable. And so obviously part of my project touched on the fact that, you know what, these rights of biological women are being taken away each and every day that we continue to allow men in our sports. And in using the term biological woman, my professor said it was exclusionary and was contributing to heteronormativity. And then in further emails back and forth with her, she 
basically told me that, you know, it was transphobic to even have this topic in class. I have never heard of the word heteronormativity. Um, When I first saw your story, that that's ultimately what caught my attention is that it reinforced heteronormativity, um, indicating that it is in fact normal for a woman to be attracted to a male. Yes. I didn't think that was a problem to reinforce that. Um, Nothing against, you know, people who I want to like who they like. It's nothing against that, but it is normal to, for a male to be attracted to a female and vice versa. So that, that blew my mind and yeah. all for, and I loved how you said it's a, a course essentially on feminism. And you would imagine your teacher knows what a woman is yet. You got reprimanded for using the term biological woman. Mm-hmm. Um, that blows my mind. Okay. So you got your assignment back. Um, ultimately what was your, your reaction when she said this? I mean, I, I can't even imagine what I would do if I had a teacher, someone who is supposed to be teaching higher education, tell me that biological woman is offensive. Yeah, honestly, I was sitting at my kitchen counter and I got the notification that my grade dropped to, I think it was like 49% or something, something crazy. And I was like, oh my gosh, what just happened? What did I do? I don't fail classes. So I freaked out. And then I saw her comment saying that biological woman was the reason that she failed me. And I laughed because I thought it was a joke. I did not believe this was actually happening. Why would a professor fail a student for saying biological woman? That's insane. If anything, and this would be dumb too, to knock down points, but I feel like that would be a more appropriate reaction to a student using the term is to knock a couple points off rather than fail the student. So I, my mom was sitting next to me and we both like worked on an email to send to my professor, just wondering what's going on. Like, how can I fix this? Like, I don't understand why biological woman isn't allowed. And so you sent the email. And so what did your, what did your teacher respond back? Well, we had quite the exchange of emails in which she pretty much let me know that I don't know the exact wording because she uses a lot of long, fancy words to try to throw me off, I think. Such as heteronormativity. (laughs) She lengthened that word in an interview and said cis-heteronormativity. And I was like, oh my gosh. But she pretty much said that sex was not determined at birth and that it's transphobic to say these terms. And I'm like, to state facts, that's that's not transphobic. She's right. Sex isn't determined at birth. It's it's determined before birth. Sex is determined at conception. Um, so for her to take this approach of, of <laughs> this whole assigned at birth, sex assigned at birth, that's the most silly thing I've ever heard in my, in my life. Um, that's not when it's assigned. And so I just want to applaud you for sticking your ground. And so from there, where did it go? I know you guys had this email exchange. Um, when did you, what, what point in this process did you really decide to go public in kind of exposing this situation? Yeah. So actually during our emails, I realized I was not going to get anywhere. And as the like high academic performing student that I am, I was like super nervous. I "I cannot fail this class. I don't want to do that. I don't want to retake it or waste the money on the class. So I was like, well, can I just do another project? And she was like, yeah, that's fine. You can turn it in by the end of the like semester, but it was like an expedited course. So the semester ended in like two to three days. And I was like, wait, what? And then it clicked in my head where I was like, I can't conform to this professor. And I'm guilty to say that. I'm ashamed to say that I was about to. Like, I was so close to just, you know, doing a new project. And I realized if I don't say something, 
then there's going to be so many more students she does this to. And there already are so many students that this is happening to. Well, wow. That literally gives me chills to hear you say that because truthfully in my situation too, I was a coward for a long time. I adhered, I competed against Thomas. I was quiet for majority of the season until ultimately I came to the same realization of you as you have, of really understanding if we can't stand for basic truths and the morals that we have, what do we stand for? And so that's, I'm sure you feel as if you've been some lone voice and lone face really fighting for this and advocating for what you're advocating for, which is ultimately freedom of speech, which I don't know. I don't know why this freedom of speech is, should not be bipartisan or partisan, I guess. It should be bipartisan. People across the political spectrum should acknowledge that freedom of speech is a good thing. Why Why has censorship suddenly been embraced on college campuses? And so I guess that's my next question for you is ultimately, where do you see the direction of colleges going? Because again, in my experience, I just came from one. The amount of silencing that we dealt with as female athletes, um, and it was effective. The, the tactics they used, the emotional blackmail, the intimidation, that they used to try to silence us, it worked. Um, and so where do you see the direction of colleges going? Uh, I see it going in a very bad direction, but I think that you, me, and so many other people who've spoken up can change that. Hopefully, I think I think we are going to change that. But honestly, it was shocking to see how difficult it was for me to even get the school to do something about it. I had been nagging administration for weeks. I think it was about two weeks until my grade was changed. Two weeks of me sending emails, me asking people, begging people, can we please have a meeting tomorrow? Like, can we please do this? No one wanted to help me. No. no single person. And until I got in the hands of the right person, then my grade was changed. But even then, I filed a free speech complaint with the school, and the school formally reprimanded my professor. But I found out a few days later that they quietly reversed this once the media on my situation died down. They quietly reversed this reprimand on my professor and she's getting away with the freedom of speech, like suppression. So I know that if my school is doing this, this is happening at so many schools and it's going to keep happening. So we're going down a very bad path. No doubt about that. Um, and when you say reprimand, what what consequences did that really look like for your teacher? And have you guys have had any dialogue since this became very public, has your teacher reached out? I've seen that, oh, that really I respect you a lot because you weren't even the one to make her name public. Um, you kept her name entirely out of it until she came forward and then accused you of all of the things. Um, and and I, I want you to touch on that. She called you a white, <laughs> a white supremacist. I mean, it, it's, it's literally crazy. And so can you touch on that? Have y'all had any conversations um, since, since you came public? Uh, well, so getting back to what you said about the reprimand, so that pretty much means that they were going to put this in her professional file for you know all future employers, and then a, I think it was a free speech training and submit her syllabus for the upcoming school year, which I personally think is a slap on the hand for what she's done, and then they just retracted that, so it doesn't even matter. But then, yeah, the communication between me and the professor has been silenced. Like, her and I have not directly communicated at all since we discussed, I think the day or a few days after she failed me, because then it was all through the administration at school, because I didn't want to deal with her. I didn't want to say anything I would regret. And I didn't want to hear anything else from her. So then yeah, she released her own name, because 
the the point of me speaking about this on social media was not to be like, hey, everyone go attack my professor. Look what she just did. I didn't want that. That's not the whole point of my story. My story is about the fact that I'm one of so many like experiences out there. Like I am one of so many people who are being suppressed on their college campuses. So I was just bringing awareness to that. And I think she saw the publicity and attention that I was getting and she wanted in on that. So then yeah. she played the victim card, of course, as many people try to do and has said a lot of things that are just either simply untrue or unfair to say. Do you feel as if, well, I, I, I'm pretty certain I know your answer because I know how I felt in college. I had to take, a, my major was actually chemistry at first as well. And I had to take a lot of ethics courses and different, um, I actually took a gender study course as well. Um, and I felt like I had to tailor my papers a certain way to get a good grade. And, and what I'm noticing is across the country, that's the consensus. Even in the South, like where I went, University of Kentucky, we felt this way. And so I entirely agree with you that this is, it, it's happening all over. Um, about the backlash, how I mentioned she she came out and, and essentially used the argument of, of your, your argument was based in white supremacy. Um, have you gotten a lot of backlash or do you just kind of get the name calling such as being called a racist for saying freedom of speech should exist? Isn't that crazy to be called a racist? <laughs> Calling out being suppressed in school. It's so, it's so weird to see where people's heads are at. But uh, yeah, there has been a lot of backlash, a lot of name calling, obviously, and the, the death threats or the, I'm going to show up at your house. I'm like, okay, please do. Yeah. Like, wow. Like, it's just a lot of that. And like, I haven't had a ton of questioning of what I'm saying because they actually have no, no right. objection to what I'm saying. They're just like, you're transphobic. And I'm like, okay, but you have no real argument. That says a lot more about you than me and it says that my argument is real and I actually am saying the truth and you can't even argue against that so you're just going to call me a name and I love that you can acknowledge that because this cancel culture that we live in they want you to think you'll be canceled they want you to be scared of the name calling but that really is all it is and it, it speaks more to their insecurities than it does to yours I saw people on TikTok Olivia I saw people coming for your eyebrows is that, is, is that what they're going to resort to? And you're right. It's because they can't dissuade from your argument, which is actually really powerful. And, and, it, and it should boost your confidence. Um, I, I think when people can look at a situation and take the negative, such as the backlash you're getting, which does, which does suck. Um, there's no taking away from that. It, it's not fun. It's not enjoyable. It is. It does take a toll on you. But if you can take that backlash you're getting and ultimately use it to fuel your argument, I wish more people had that that same perspective that you have. Um, but what about the positive? Have you received a lot of good feedback? Have you had a lot of doors being open for you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the opportunities that I have had are just absolutely incredible. And the support from people like you and all these other speakers who have spoken up about, you know, men in their sports. And the ones that really stick out to me are actually the parents of young girls who are messaging me and saying, I have two daughters who are running cross country just like you did. Thank you so much for protecting them. Thank you so much for sticking up for them in their futures. And I'm like, that's why I'm doing this. It, like, yes. It's not oh really for me, it's for all of these other girls and not even just girls, but for college students, for young men, like all of these people, I want to help them. I mean, America was built on freedom of speech. That's why we are what we are. And colleges are now trying to take that away. And like we said earlier, it's going down a bad path. 
You know, Olivia, you sound like you're filled with hate. Um, you sound just super hateful. No, how could anyone listen to your argument and say that that's hateful? I mean, I, I hear the compassion coming from your voice, advocating for what you're advocating for. It really is for everyone, all ages, all, all sexual orientations, even all gender identities. That's who you're advocating for, to be able to speak freely, um, voice your opinions. I mean, I don't, I don't understand how that's, that's controversial. Um, I really, I, I really don't. And and the other regards, thing, sorry. sorry, go ahead. And the other thing is like, you don't have to be a great swimmer like you to speak up. You don't have to be the smartest in class to speak up. You don't have to experience this to speak up because everyone has a voice and we need everyone's voice to back us up now. Like it's going to be in numbers that we can solve this issue. You are absolutely right. And that's the message. I mean, if there's one message people can convey from this, is that you shouldn't have to be directly impacted before you speak up. And I know I mentioned me and I, I did wait until I was impacted and similar to you too. But if we wait until every single person is impacted before they use their voice, it's too late. And so I so appreciate that, that push for encouragement that you just gave. Everyone should be speaking up about these issues, whether that's freedom of speech, whether that's uh, one of the many cultural issues that we're facing, whether that's in corporate America, academia, the media, there are so many places where people could and should be speaking up and we shouldn't wait until we are impacted. Seriously. Um, I, I love that. Yeah. I totally, agree. You... sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I totally agree with what you said. It's so important that everyone, you know, shares their voice. Have you regretted going public. As I mentioned, the backlash, as, as you talked about the backlash, it's a lot. And so have you regretted it? And are you nervous about your future? Are you nervous you're going to, to, to not get a job or to not get into grad school or anything like that because of taking the stance that you've taken? No, not at all. I don't regret it at all. There were times where I was, you know, this was getting to be a lot. There were two, three to four interviews a day. And I was just like, I want to go back to being normal Olivia, college student, average person. But I think that there's a reason I'm here and there's a reason that this happened to me is because I'm supposed to speak up and I'm not worried about my future at all. I think it's going in great places because of what I'm trying to do. And honestly, a lot of people are like, I hope you never get a job because of this. I hope you like have a horrible future, you know, all these threats and horrible comments. And I'm like, I don't want to work for a company that disagrees with me anyway. So it's totally fine. <laughs> That, that is what I want people to realize too, is if you fear as if you you can't speak out, you have to adhere or you're coerced by some sort of authority figure. Do you really want to be working for them um, to deny womanhood, to deny the sheer essence of humanity, man versus woman? It, do you want to be working for someone who denies that really? Um, once you say the truth, it is, it is liberating. You feel as if when you don't have to adhere, you feel like a weight is off off of your shoulders, at least speaking from my experience. And, and once you do that, you never look back. Oh my gosh, you are like a breath of fresh air. Wouldn't it be just wonderful if everyone could have the same mindset that you do and understanding of these issues? Because really it is in regards to this, all of this gender ideology stuff and the using the term biological woman, look, this is biology. These are sex-based terms, woman. That This is not a fluid term. This term doesn't change just because um, we want it to fit a narrative. I mean, feminism, it, look, it. these terms don't change. They're not fluid. And so to have you 
speaking out, um, I couldn't be more grateful. And as you mentioned, parents across the country, girls, boys, everyone, we have you to thank. And, and I only see your future getting brighter and brighter. Um, so I guess my last question, what are you going to continue doing? Um, I know I heard today you're actually working with the Leadership Institute in regards to some different trainings and, and how to really equip yourself with effective ways to communicate and really how to go out into the world and continue making an impact. And so can you talk about that? Yeah, for sure. The Leadership Institute has been beyond amazing and super helpful with training me and helping me with my public speaking and all this stuff. And I hope I'm doing an okay job now since I just got back from training. But yeah, they've just been amazing. And I hope that I will continue to speak out and do more interviews and influence more students to speak up because if we all continue to be censored, no, no change is going to happen. So hopefully you'll see me speaking on stages at one day of one day and just like sharing the word about what happened to me and not only what happened to me, but what's happening to so many other students out there. Well, I can tell you um, through the Riley Gaines Center at the Leadership Institute, we will be putting you on college campuses, talking about this, going to different environments and, and sharing your perspective on how you were affected, why freedom of speech is necessary. It, it's not just needed, it's, it, it's necessary for a culture to thrive. I mean, look at what happens when you take that away. We've seen it. I mean, look at Germany, Russia, North Korea, China, Brazil, Cuba, all of these places. This is the first steps to Marxism and you are combating that. Um, and so I, again, I couldn't be more proud of you. Thank you. That means so much coming from you. I mean, obviously you've been a huge inspiration in my life and in me speaking out. So I really appreciate everything that you have done for so many people. Well, um, I think together we have a lot of cool things in our future. I think we're going to collaborate on, on a lot of things um, regarding college campuses, all of those things. And so I look forward to catching up with you again soon um, and good luck with everything. If only everyone could have the same mindset and courage and resiliency that Olivia has, then America wouldn't be going in this downward spiral that we are today. Um, she's an inspiration to me. She's a big reason in why I'm fighting for what I'm fighting for. Uh, make sure you check out outkick.com to find this podcast, Gains for Girls, or anywhere where you stream your podcasts. Thank you guys, and I can't wait to catch you next time.